This is the Deep V Podcast. Deep shit I could never say on the radio. I'm Casey Joe. I'm creating this space for the ones who live from their full heart. The ones that live life with panache and zest, but also struggle with that daily existential crisis. Let's talk about it. Here we explore breaking up with comfort zones and deep-throating vulnerability. The Deep V. Episode 2. Do you need an Ativan? Hey, what's up? Friends, ex-lovers, total creeps. Oh, damn, there were a lot of creeps. Successful episode one for the Deep V podcast. I'm not sure what success is, but I'm successful. <laughs> a lot of creeps out there. Oh, ho, 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 Santa. My ego loves it. It's Casey Joe your favorite fun-employed gal. And can we talk about that just for five more minutes here? I swear, five more minutes. That's it. This is it. I've said that a lot. This is it. (laughs) Okay, hear me out here. Fun-employed is a term that must have been created by any person that's never been unemployed or lost their job like ever. Okay? Maybe this was a sensationalized term created by people who wish they would be fired only because they assume that they're entitled to a pile of money and endless time off and giggles on a water slide. To imply it is fun to not work is a manner of fantasy. Hello? What world do you live in? We need money. I've been working full-time, non-stop, since I was 17. I know. It's hard to believe, because I look 17 years old on a good day. That Dutch skin, man. Ooh, it's all oily and shit. Actually, you know what? Huge sidebar here. I turned 35 last month, and I got ID'd at the goddamn movie theater. (laughs) Wow! Alcohol? Fine. Porn? Fine. Movie theater? ID, please. Wait a minute. Do people still buy nudie magazines? Probably not, because the internet. I could go for a hustler right now. I could go for sharing some pages from a hustler with somebody right now. Oh, damn. That's a good new Tinder bio. Oh, damn. Everybody who worked in the nudie mag industry are probably fun employed, too. (sighs) That's some tough shit. Anyways, yeah, I've been working since I was 17. Actually... Technically, I've been working since I was 14. Well, technically, I had my first job when I was 11. That's a long fucking time. Ring, ring. Oh, what? I'm sorry. This is a bad time. I'm in the middle of my podcast that I've succumbed to. Oh, word? My childhood is calling? It feels ripped off? Most definitely. When you're fired, you're not only fun employed... But everybody else in the entire world is also now entitled to tell you what you should do. Shooting all over us. Taking a big should all over me, weren't ya? It was mere hours after the news broke that I began to receive the What's next, CJ? What's next? You know how ridiculous that is? I wasn't even without a job for like an hour before somebody asked me what's next. Well, first, I had to go get blindingly drunk, because priorities. 
And you know how ridiculous, like, that's a projection of your fear. You start thinking, what if you lost your job? Oh, what's next? Ooh, I better dump that onto her. You know what you should do? I have heard everything that I should do. In fact, people were offering me jobs that I was sorely not qualified for. Somebody that was a heavy-duty mechanic reached out to me and said, oh, you know what you should do is you should work for my company. Uh, how much weight can you lift? Well, bless your sweet soul, but I was an entertainer, man. I'm not weak. I carry around my raging ego every day. That shit's heavy in more ways than one. The advice still pouring on. You know what you should do? Somebody told me I should be like Anthony Bourdain without the dying part. (sighs) I love that guy so much. You don't just get to be Anthony Bourdain. And everyone tells me I should be a life coach. Ever heard of the term spiritual bypasser? One of my counselors informed me of it years ago. It's just saying the words but not knowing shit. Life coaches. A lot of words being said out there. I'm sorry, spiritual bypassers trigger me. Also, everybody's a life coach. I don't know, taking a big should all over me. People are like, you should write a book. You're hilarious. Really? I should actually take all of this bad advice, collect it, write a book, and force you to buy it and read it back to yourself and then slap you in the face with it. It's a hardcover. I'm sorry. You know what you should do? You should buy your own radio station. Holy shit. You think I'm a billionaire? Cool. Yeah, I guess I'm rich. Spiritually. what you should do? You should be a consultant. A consultant? A consultant of what? Actually, that was the only good should, because nobody ever asked consultants what they do. No one asked questions. Okay, I'm a consultant now. (laughs) I had a few job offers from radio stations. We had some talks. Nothing happened. I had some other offers, like Hey, I'd like to hire you to help me promote my music. And I'd be like, okay, wow, great. What did you have in mind? And they're like, well, I was hoping you would figure that out. (laughs) Crickets. I had a lot of coffee meetings for jobs that aren't jobs. Lots of job offers from people who really just want gossip and drama. Hey, um, you don't have to answer this if you don't, if you're not comfortable, but like, Why were you fired? No, but like, why were you really fired? And everyone told me the biggest should of them all. CJ, you should have a podcast. Yeah, but everybody has a podcast. 
Joe Rogan is the only quote-unquote successful one, and he was Joe Rogan before his podcast. (laughs) Oh, man, radio is so interesting because it's extremely disposable. How weird is this? All of your life's work goes into something that's immediately thrown away, dissipated, poof, gonzo. Maybe it lives on in someone's mind. Maybe, if you're lucky, and really not like other radio hosts, which is why I wrote a book. You know what you should do? Buy it and shut your yapper. Okay, I'm sorry. That was, that was a little bit harsh. I'm sorry. Even Raven thought it was rude, and, and she's quite tolerant. It's just, uh, I have to regulate my emotions in a better way these days. Taking an emotional dump. I talked about it last episode a little bit, but it's something that I have to do before I see anyone at all these days. It's like making sure I got my emotions in check. Otherwise, it's not going to be a good time. And you know what's interesting is one time I was in the hospital for mental health reasons. It was truly the worst time of my life. And I remember telling one of the nurses that I needed to take an emotional dump. (laughs) She was like, excuse me? I was like, okay, well, I just kind of need to flail around in my bed a little bit and kick and scream. Well, I wasn't screaming, but it's just like kicking your legs and feet, punching your hands and arms into the bed, throwing a temper tantrum, an adult temper tantrum, and you'll feel ridiculous. But we need to just release that energy In a healthy way, releasing any negativity or anger or pent-up things, blind rage, that shit is real and it does exist within us. Expressing our emotions in a healthy way. We are not taught to express our emotions in a healthy way, but we are taught just to be happy. Interesting. And when I told the nurse at that particular time I just needed to release these emotions and take an emotional dump, she just looked at me like I was totally batshit and said, Do you need an Ativan? Anyways, I gotta take a huge emotional dump before I even sit down at my computer to look for work because guess what, notifications? I don't want to connect on LinkedIn! When I was working, I was like... I don't need LinkedIn. My show speaks for itself. Everyone knows who I am. (laughs) And now I have not had full-time employment for five months. The longest time I've ever not worked since I was 17. Well, actually, I've lied to you here. I have had a job. Finding a job. Finding a job is a full-time job. It really is. Only you don't get paid anything and you just feel like a piece of shit because you're constantly compromising and trying to find something to do. I will say there is a very big difference between a job, a career, and a passion. And I worked hard to have my passion as my career that was also a job. That's one of the reasons why it's been so difficult suddenly losing it. And when your job's gone, it doesn't mean that a new job is created. I saw a really great tweet. This tweet saved my life from Geeky Long Legs that said, When I got laid off in the summer of 2017, so many people tweeted, Hire Sarah! 
or told me not to worry because I was going to get scooped up or whatever. But it's taken me up until this month to get a job that wasn't a step down from what I was doing before. This is all to say, it's easy to think people will be okay because people like them or are supportive. But reality is that it takes about two weeks for everyone to move on from trying to help you because there's only so much that can be done. Every time a job is lost or there are layoffs, new jobs aren't created. There's no job waiting for anyone. Thank you, geeky long legs. Finally, someone gets it. Also during this time, I've really, really wanted to delete social media. But you can't really delete social media when you have no job, can you? Especially when you're a washed up, has been, never was, sort of kind of looking for someone to pay you to sell out. You kind of need it. While I was musing this, someone told me that if I deleted social media at this point, it would be career suicide. Career suicide? Ha! Not a bad idea. You know, this whole time, I've been trying to get a job like a schmuck. I mean, I've been really feeling awesome about myself. (laughs) I have so much experience in a variety of industries. I'm so goddamn talented. You know, more often than not, I'm depressed, yes, but I'm a talented depressive. This whole time, it's been a full-time job looking for a job. I should be looking to marry for money, man. I need to find a provider. No one's my emergency contact. I need one and a bag of money. How do I, how do I get written into someone's will? I have no shame at this point. I'm cracking five months with no income. Can you imagine that for you right now? Is your life better or worse? My friend James Sutton, God love him, he was always like, hey, the next guy or girl you date, can they please be rich and have a vacation property for me to go to? Lols. That'd be a big step up for me, because usually in my fine romantic partner history, the people I've chosen haven't really even had a job. (gasps) I'd be in fine company right now. Oh, and I've dated enough musicians. Oh, this is good. How do you know the musician broke up with their girlfriend? He's homeless. Okay, bad joke. Okay, joke telling. Not my strong suit. Don't even know what my strong suit is anymore. For all you know, I could be sitting here in my birthday suit. In fact, I am. Oh, what? See, that's me creating storytelling of the mind. Visuals and shit. Powerful stuff, man. Maybe that was once my superpower. Theater of the mind. You know, instead of finding a provider or getting written into somebody's will, I should be focusing on what my superpowers are, okay? Ooh, what's your superpower? Okay, let me think. Oh, this is a good one that I have. It's kind of annoying. It's paying attention to the things going on around me all at the same time. It must be because I'm a spiritual bypasser. 
Okay, now let me break that down for you. First of all, I notice time like a motherfucker. I guess I needed that for my old job. I was always aware of how long we were talking for, how much time had passed for commercial breaks, and now it's really annoying, especially not having a job and just noticing how much time is passing. I also have a superpower of not only noticing things going on around me at all times, but also noticing multiple conversations going on around me while I'm in an entirely different one. You know, the best part of that superpower is when someone's talking about you and they're right in front of you and they think you can't hear and you don't know because you're an entirely different conversation inside your own mind and zone of privacy. But then I'm also like, you motherfucker, I can hear multiple conversations at once. It's my superpower. I have this special weird skill where I can listen or notice to multiple things at once. Man, I should add that to my resume. So if you're talking about me, I know. If you're talking about me in front of me, I know too. Oh, here's another superpower I have. This is good. Hearing a song through walls and knowing what the song is. Not even songs that I listen to on the reg, okay? I was at the dentist before I got fired because I don't have any money to clean my teeth now, so sorry about this bad coffee breath that you thankfully cannot smell. Oh, by the way, please buy me a coffee on coffee. I digress. I was at the dentist, and I could hear that boom, 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 bass, and I was like, whoa, Megan Trainer is in the other room right now. Wait a minute. Never mind. That's embarrassing. That's not Megan Trainer. That's Nicki Minaj. I'm relevant. I swear. Whatever. And then another time I was in the ferry lineup just the other day and I could hear music through another car's window. I mean, it was rolled up. I could only hear the bass. And I was like, oh, damn, that's Bahamas, the new album. Oh, that's so good. And then I immediately started crying because I was like, what do you mean I don't have a job? This is my superpower. This is my superpower. So I'm adding that to the resume. Updating the old LinkedIn headline, but making sure I take an emotional dump before we connect on LinkedIn. Even if you do have a job, you're probably not satisfied completely. You're fucking miserable too. I take a little comfort in that. And if you're in an expensive city, you probably have to have a side hustle. I did. I worked three jobs at a time and I still lived in an apartment with bed bugs. You know what you should do? Give up. I'm now accepting applications for people to write me into their will. I'm going to update that on my LinkedIn headline. Where there's a will, there's a way out of capitalism and working for someone else's dream relentlessly, giving them the best years of your life, and then being walked out the door within 10 seconds or less. (sighs) But I'm like totally over it.
This is the part of the show where I open my heart and my inbox, and I read your notes, your words, your feels, your confessions. You can email me at thedeepvpodcast at gmail.com. Would you believe I'm sitting on a yoga mat right now? By the way, thanks to my friends at Y Yoga for this brand new Manduka travel mat. This is not an ad. It's just gratitude. I also have a blanket over my head to try to get any noise of the room out. I look fucking ridiculous right now. Dear Siege, usually I would not reach out to someone for advice, but I feel an odd connection with you that you are trustworthy and real. How do you stay positive and true to yourself when meeting new people and unpacking trauma or past events with them? I've been struggling lately meeting new boys and disclosing a very minor herpes diagnosis, even though it's controlled and not a bother really because of fear of rejection or embarrassment. Well, first of all, hello. You are very brave, and thanks for writing me. And as somebody that was lied to by a former partner regarding herpes, I think the best is to be honest, clear communication, and safe. And no shaming of yourself. You have nothing to be embarrassed about. In fact, being entirely transparent is so important for you because you have peace of mind and it will weed out the people that are just not worth your time. And the reason herpes continues to spread, in my very humble opinion, is because of shame, misinformation, and fear of rejection. You have done nothing wrong. You are worthy and deserving of love. And as someone that's been betrayed and lied to before, I will say telling someone is the best bet. You are wonderful. You need to know that. Do not let this be a mark on your self-love. No. And I'm going to finish this question here off with some stats from some smart people to back me up. According to the World Health Organization, two-thirds of the world population under 50 have herpes simplex virus 1. That's 3.7 billion people under the age of 50. That's about one in two people. Most people contract the virus as kids. It usually lies dormant, it's incurable, and an increasing number of genital herpes are actually now caused by oral herpes. An estimated 417 million people aged 15 to 49 years old, that's 11% of people, have herpes simplex virus 2. That's about 1 in 8 people. Think of your friends, the people you know. I by no means am an expert, but I will always speak up to squash the shame and sadness behind this common infection. blanket on my head. I gave my dog CBD for the first time tonight. Turns out we're not entirely different animals. She just kept saying, mom, where's the peanut butter? 
All right. This is the part of the show where I drive alone in my car, lost, drinking a coffee. You think I'm joking? Oh, I'm not joking. Just going through a construction zone right now. That's fun. You know, you move to a place like the Sunshine Coast, British Columbia, Canada, and you think, I'm leaving behind society. I'm leaving behind all of the stressors and judgments and pressures and consumeristic ways, capitalism. But no, still find yourself chilling through a construction zone. This is the part of the show where I go for a drive in my car and have a coffee and I just talk to you. <laughs> just really weird now. You need to know that this is on a hands-free device. Of course, you're going to hear the sound of my car, the sound of life around me. I hope you enjoy that. You know, a lot of people in podcasts strive for perfection and they want to say things the right way and they want to be scripted and totally rehearsed and also have the best sound quality and yeah, of course we want that. But this is the part of the podcast where I just riff and go on a tangent. (laughs) This is the part of the podcast where you tune out or skip ahead or cancel it entirely cancelled. That was another name of something that I had an idea for. Cancelled with Casey Jolos. <laughs> I have had a list ongoing of titles, of names for things, not baby names. I don't have a Pinterest board of wedding rings I want. I, wow, it's so beautiful. It's 6.07pm right now and driving along coastal British Columbia on a perfect fall day and the sun is starting to set and there's pinks and purples and blues surrounded by the tallest strongest family of trees in a beautiful array of reds oranges and greens damn I should be a poet anyways what was I saying Oh yeah, the list of names. I have an ongoing list of book titles. I actually found a journal while unpacking of different book titles that I wrote maybe like 10 years ago when I lived in Victoria. I laugh at a lot of them because a lot of them have since become things that I know. For example, I wanted to write a book so long ago called Life or Something Like It and then that became a movie. (laughs) I also wrote Bounce Back as a title and that became a cognitive behavioral therapy online coaching and tool system that the Canadian Mental Health Association offers to people originally targeted at youth is available for everybody that I later became a mental health advocate for their bounce back campaign that was this year bounce back celebrating everyday victories how did you get out of the house how did you make it through your day one small thing what was it did you did you have healthy boundaries with your phone did you stand up for yourself and speak your truths did you get eight hours of sleep did you make it to the gym did you go watch the sunset 
that is so funny that I had a book title idea, Bounce Back. That's not a very good title. No offense, Canadian Mental Health Association. It's not a very good title for a book title for me. I'm glad I, I did I See You, I Am You. It's funny how shit unfolds, man. <laughs> Anyways, I found that list, and so, yeah, Life for Something Like It was on there, Bounce Back. I also liked A Deep Breath Before the Plunge, and... I don't know when I wrote that down, but I do know that I'm pretty sure like Gandalf or something in Lord of the Rings, he says that. Maybe I'm making this up. Who knows? I'm driving and I can't look because that would be distracted driving. I also can't look because I don't have that old crusty notebook with me right now, but damn, the sun. I just turned in kind of a circle towards the sun now and the golden rays are just bathing my face. All right, I think I'm almost at my destination, but I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. Where's Google Maps when you need it? Um, I think I'm going the wrong way. <laughs> Sometimes you got to get lost in order to find yourself. And now, please enjoy Baby Raven snoring while we laugh at my unemployed ass getting ID'd for the movie theater at 35 goddamn years old. (laughs) It's been real... It's been fun. It's been real fun. Until we meet again, this is not goodbye, but it is goodnight. The Deep V is recorded live on the Sunshine Coast in beautiful British Columbia, Canada. Music composition and production provided by Andrew Rasmussen in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Hire him for your next creative project, or if you need an incredible touring musician or composer, he's a pro. You can find me online at CaseyJoLose.com. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at CaseyJoLose. It's like loose with no E. And you can buy my debut poetry book, I See You, I Am You, at ICUIAMU.com. If you have any suggestions or confessions, send me a note at thedeepvpodcast at gmail.com. And most importantly, if anything resonated with you here today, please share it with someone you love or talk about it in real life. Thanks for listening.